And I believe that oftentimes dreams are given to us from the Lord so that we can engage in prayer to stop them or to change something because we, I think we have a part to play. Welcome, friend. This is Brian Del Turco with Jesus Smart, the podcast. Welcome to episode 123. I have a special guest today, Matt Peterson, Pastor Matt Peterson. He was a former telecommunications officer with the government, founded a church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, awakechurch.com. Matt Peterson is going to talk about a prophetic dream related to this moment that we're in. And we're going to have some dialogue around that dream and around the edges of um, uh, the relevancy of, the, of of this moment. The church having kingdom agency. We are kingdom agents. We can rise to the moment. We can be fully conscious as a kingdom agent, not unconscious or semi-conscious, but be a conscious woman, a conscious man in the kingdom. I so appreciate Matt's heart and his content. Here's Matt Peterson. I'm excited to talk today with Matt Peterson from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and we are going to be reflecting on prophetic consensus from mature voices that is emerging during this time, not only in America, but around around the world. We'll be talking about a special, I, w- I would call it a special dream that Matt has had recently in his his quest to interpret that dream as he, as he seeks the Lord about it in response to all of this. Matt, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for carving out some time. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Great being here with you. It's it's uh, it's a great time. And uh, Matt served as a telecommunications officer with the government. He traveled around the world prior to starting a church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, You can learn about that ministry at awakechurch.com. He later founded a humanitarian organization, Hydrating Humanity, that focuses on waterborne disease crises in Eastern Africa, hydratinghumanity.org. In the mid-90s, he married his wife, Debbie Meyer Mm -hmm. Peterson. That's probably the best thing that's happened, right, Matt? Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. She's an Ohio girl too. She is, and uh, I just yeah. w- I just wanted to mention that we actually have something of a shared history way back in the day when she was teaching at North Coast Christian Academy at mm. ch- at church on the North Coast in Northern Ohio. I-, I was on staff at the church. I worked with the school at that okay. time, and Daniel Hawks was wow. the administrator, and yeah, some great years there, but. Yes. So, um, yeah, Debbie's a special person. I can I can recall that. And and they soon began growing their family. They have five sons. How's that been? That's a lot of testosterone. Yeah, right <laughs> now, all five homes, so they're eating a lot of food as we're shut in. <laughs> wow, man. But the, it's awesome. Man, the cash flow's shifted, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, um, Lord help. <laughs> and um, He's, he's an author. I would encourage you to go to his website called dulukids.com, D-U-L-U-Kids.com. He uh, one day had this um, this understanding, this idea of a rock coming down from the Ancient One, rolling down into the land of Dulu to save the world. <laughs> Sounds yeah, great. That's right. So that's an, allegor- an allegorical story. Did you? Um, do I understand that that story was sort of birthed in telling the story to your children at bedtime? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know, as, as a dad, I've often told, not anymore, but when they were little, tell them stories. I just make up stuff. 
And I started to tell the story about this. It just kind of came to my mind. And that's that it just began to continue and continue. And I decided, man, I should probably write this down. And and that now we have Dulu. All right. DuluKids.com. You should go there. And uh, he's also the author of The Extraordinary Journey, A Spiritual Adventure Guide, and also booklets, The, the Pursuit and Hope Restored. He enjoys creation, history, outdoor photography, time with his family, and helping people. This is where the pastoral ministry comes in, especially helping people connect with God and living that kingdom adventure that they're called to live and engaging that kingdom purpose that they're called to engage. You can. He has a great Facebook page at facebook.com slash mattpeterson22. He's an excellent writer, some tremendous content coming out there. I encourage you to visit that page. We're in a moment, aren't we, globally? I tell you. And yeah. I, I noticed on your Facebook page that you recently had a dream, and I was fascinated by this dream that you had, and... Um, how you began to pursue the Lord to to interpret the dream. Would you mind sharing that just to get us started today? I, th- I think that would be a great way to start. Sure. Yeah. So on March 16th, uh, so several weeks ago, I early morning had this dream in which I was standing outside in some tall grass and there was a, a house in front of me. And uh, suddenly coming up on my left were two huge creatures. Uh, the best way I could describe it would be half lion, half dog creatures. Hmm. And they were fierce looking. Um, they walked right next to me. They weren't trying to hurt me necessarily, but I, I was I was on guard uh, about these guys. The first one, um, if you can imagine the size of like a male lion, wow. but as he walked by me, I noticed that his, his fur, his coat, looked synthetic. It didn't look real. Really? It looked like it was a man-made type of a thing. And then the next one behind it was the same type of creature, but right in its midsection, its coat changed to like something that had a disease or something like that. It was the back half of this creature was withered, crippled. It was um, not moving. It didn't have a good or it wasn't moving well. And it didn't have that full coat, even though the coat didn't even necessarily look all the way real. Hmm. And as they passed by me, I was just stunned for one. I shouted at them. Nothing happened. And they were moving toward the house. And in the dream, I knew that there were people in the home that I wanted to protect, that I loved, and I was concerned for them. So I then ran around them and got in between the house and these two creatures. And I was going to begin kind of... um, praying against them or uh, just shouting at them. And as I began to do that, I looked down and my right wrist area, I had long sleeve shirt on, was just, I had a lot of blood flowing from my right hand, right wrist area. And so I was using my left hand to try and stop this bleeding. And I woke up, dream over. Uh, No one in the dream was necessarily harmed hurt other than I was bleeding profusely. When I woke up, I immediately, you know, just kind of was not taking it real seriously. And then I began to think about it and it felt like the Lord was trying to share something with me. So I pressed in a little bit, just began to pray. And I thought this lion dog thing, interesting. So I went online and I just typed in lion dog and up popped. First thing was Chinese foo dogs, foo dogs, which I was 
Foo Dogs, F-O-O, and sometimes you'll see it F-U. And as I looked at that, it was interesting. They're always in pairs, and they are mythical Chinese um, creatures that um, are used. You see them in pairs. People buy them all the time. They're kind of statue-type things that are half lion, half dog that people will put in front of their home kind of to protect their home. It's supposed to be a protection-type thing. One of them always has its paw on the globe, which is interesting to me. Mm. And, and when I saw that, it just, even though they didn't look exactly like my dream, they were similar enough. And it just felt to me so interesting that this virus that is attacking the world right now really did come from China. Mm-hmm. And so that got my attention. And then with its in the dream, seeing its coat not being like a, these animals weren't God created. They weren't part of creation. They were something that was either from the enemy or man-made, that type of a thing. Okay. And that also lined up to me that it was speaking of this virus. Hmm. And, and, and you're saying that the coat had like a synthetic nature to it. Yeah, exactly. It just, it didn't look real. I, I found myself staring at it a little bit in the dream because it just, it looked like it was uh, something made up on one hand, yet these were very real in the dream. You know, this was a real thing. Okay. And and what do you feel that the bleeding represented again? You were trying to staunch yeah, the bleeding so, and stop that. What right. You, yeah. So then I tried to stop the bleeding. And, and you know, the stop the bleeding is an idiom very commonly used in our country to speak of financial financial loss. Yeah. So if you're going to stop the bleeding, you're going to try and stop the loss of funds or resources from a company or a family or, you know, whatever. So to me, that is when the animals pass by, what the result of these creatures were, were profuse bleeding, mm. like economic, economic bleeding. And so when I, when I was praying about it, I felt like that these creatures represent this virus passing through and the the greatest danger, I would say, to us was the the financial loss, financial bleeding. And so that is what I felt in the dream to pray against both the virus itself, but also the economic loss, yeah. to, find, to ask the Lord to show us how to stop this bleeding. And I believe that oftentimes dreams are given to us from the Lord so that we can engage in prayer to stop them or to change something. They're not necessarily going to happen exactly because we I think we have a part to play I want to come back to this big time but let's just go on a tangential thought is that how you say that um, a, new wor- so, a new word that I'm learning okay <laughs> and yeah. um, what what would you say because there are many in the modern church or the postmodern church whatever we want to say who approach their faith in a very doctrinaire way and uh, mm-hmm. very like biblicists, and yes. uh, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's almost like the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Right. And and what would you say to that part of the church that really says that God doesn't speak to us in this way today? That if you don't have a chapter and a verse, or if you can't find it in the Bible, it's really not God speaking to you. Does God speak to us in dreams? Does He? Does he communicate his heart and his mind to us through spiritual gifts and through the prophetic? What is your um, what is your understanding and experience in that? Yeah, it's it's, it's 
you know, when you look at God, you see that he is spirit. And of course, he sent his son, Jesus, with flesh. But from the beginning all the way through, you've got God communicating with his children. And whether it's with the prophets or, or with people like you and I, God is the communicator. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And you see dreams throughout the scriptures from Joseph and the end of Genesis. In fact, Joseph is the, the one who said in Genesis 40 and verse 8, interpretations belong to God. Yeah, He was having dreams. The Pharaoh was having dreams. He's interpreting these dreams. And then New Testament. So you've got that Old, Old Testament. You've got Daniel, Joseph, pr- premier examples of, you know, God communicating through supernatural ways to them. And then into the New Testament, it takes off and actually gets multiplied where what Joel prophesied, a lot will be dreaming dreams yes. and prophesying. And then it takes off of the New Testament, the book of Acts and, and beyond where there are a lot of situations where whether it's dreams or open visions, um, I've had so many supernatural things in my own life that have changed my life, even how I got married, how I'm where I'm located here, the ministries that I've started. Most of those are all supernatural experiences that started them. And we see God as a supernatural God. And so he never said, only read the word, and you have to find every detail um, in there. There is this freedom as we know God, as we are supernatural beings, made spirit. God is spirit. He speaks to us in spirit. In fact, he says that the those that are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So yeah. there has to be the supernatural element for all of us. And so, yes, God speaks beyond. He uses the word. It's the more sure word of prophecy, as it says in Revelation. But he certainly speaks in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. The more sure word of prophecy would be what? The recorded scriptures? Is that how you see that? The, right. That's inspi- how I see that. The inspired scriptures. And yet he also speaks. And, and so everything should be obviously grounded in Scripture and within the framework overall, right, of Scripture? Absolutely. And I like... contradict Scripture. Sure, no, never. It would never contradict Scripture. It would never be out of alignment with the content or the the spirit or the heart of Scripture. God speaks to us through... And and I was sharing with some guys recently, I'm part of this sort of this creative group, very kingdom-minded. It's a small group, but... You know, we, we we dialogue and ideate together and challenge each other in various ways. And um, I was sharing with them that my sense is that as we approach the return of the Lord and that this is something of a tremor, it's a stress test, Yeah. you know, there most likely will be more of these types of things, whether they be biological or viruses or earthquakes or wars or who knows, Mm -hmm. a a meteorite, a meteor hits the earth or, or, you know, there's some massive economic issue, but birth pangs, right? That increase in frequency and intensity leading up to the birthing of the son of God as king coming to the earth again and and, uh, taking us into the millennium and then into the new heavens and the new earth. We, we need to hear from God. You know, we need the power of the Holy Spirit is what I was sharing with them. We we need the spiritual gifts, you know, in in operation. And we need prophecy. Prophecy is a preeminent spiritual gift, is it not? That seems to be what Paul said in Absolutely. Corinthians. Absolutely. Yeah. Very clearly. Yeah, and he said to pursue it earnestly, right? You know, 
love is the greatest thing, but pursue prophecy as the preeminent spiritual gift. And uh, you you mentioned the prophecy in Joel, which Peter Peter underscores uh, after the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is poured out upon the church. Uh, so I I'm you know re- really challenged about a great part of the church that would that would see this as controversial or or now 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 to be sure there are some prophetic voices who are that are we could call them immature could we not <laughs> absolutely unfortunately but yes that's the way it is that's life that's, way, that's yeah. life but there's also immature teachers right there's immature pastors sure there's immature everything. evangelists yeah there's immature that's everything right. um so um you know, uh, immaturity is not a, a call to cease it, but it's a call to grow up and to 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 qualify it. You know, a higher level Absolutely. of quality. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You mentioned the verse in Isaiah or, or Genesis forty eight concerning Joseph that that interpretations belong to the Lord. So you, I I love what you said there. You take something like a dream. David says, you know, in, in Psalm sixteen that I I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. My inner man instructs me in the night seasons and and very often mm. the Holy spirit can get in the mix there. And it's our dream maker is quite a cinematographer, isn't it? That's, that's <laughs> yes, amazing. That's true. Yeah. It really is true. I mean, synthetic fur and yeah. you're, you're bleeding from your wrist and wow. So, yeah. so, so what do you think? Do you have any further thoughts or, or um, as, as you've thought and prayed about it more, more understanding? Yeah. Of the you know, as I was praying, I really one of the hardest things, Brian, is is interpretation. You know, revelation, dreams, visions, um, you know, thoughts that God gives us. He speaks to us in our thoughts as well in our spirit. Mm-hmm. It, that tends to be a little easier. Interpretation is is more difficult. Um, Nebuchadnezzar was looking for a Daniel, and the Pharaoh was looking for a Joseph to figure out what does this revelation mean, and so. I am hesitant uh, oftentimes to put timing on things because within interpretation, I think timing is the most difficult. And I would, but I was asking the Lord about these food dogs and I felt from the Lord that he, that they represented not only this virus, but a timing as well. And with the first one being whole, and solid, I felt like that represented a month of time. You know, with Joseph, um, the things that the Pharaoh saw were years. The Remember the, the gaunt cows and then the, the mm. robust cows? Each of them spoke of a year. Right. And in this case, I felt like there was a time frame associated with this of a month. A month. A full, full month for the first animal. And then the second creature was half strong and half weak. Okay. And I felt like that spoke together of six strong, fierce weeks of this virus coming through our nation. Hmm. And so with it happening at March 16th, the dream, I feel like that six weeks would have started then and taken us right toward the end of April. And then we would begin to see a clear drop off in the fierceness or the death, perhaps, of this virus. Um and so around May 1st, we begin to really begin to see it going the other direction. So that was an interpretation I had. Of course, we can always be wrong. I'm hoping it doesn't represent a year and a half instead of oh, a month and a half. For but, sure. Um, I'm really praying that way. And so that is the, the other, the last, really the last aspect, in addition to feeling the invitation from the Lord through a dream like this to pray to against pray. Yes. Thing. You know, to 
engage and partner with heaven to pray against this stuff. It's always been about a partnership between heaven and the Garden of Eden, hasn't it? It started as a... Yes. And if we will process with God as God's people, that's the key. The the ecclesia, yes. I believe, the church, the people of God are the, sort of the... Mm, I don't, like a timepiece or a a lever, um, we partner with God. We have um, what we might want to call steering energies, right? We can pick mm-hmm. up we can pick up right. the 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 sense of what the Lord's doing, and He invites us to partner with Him to shape and to steer. I think of Derek Prince's book, Way Back, you know, shaping history through prayer and fasting. Is this a call to God's people? I mean, I I really feel that the Lord is really wanting us to seek His face and to pray, and to if yeah. if necessary, I feel it personally as an individual. Maybe corporately, we need to as well. Maybe even through identificational repentance. But I think we need to repent of things. Is is He inviting us into yeah. an opportunity to to repent to change? Yeah, it's so interesting that the. Last the end of last year, 2019, I was asking the Lord, what do you have for us for 2020, in, in particular for the church that I lead and our people? Uh, and what I heard was three things. One, there are winds of adversity coming that are strong. And then the second thing is that there'll be a focus on the scriptures. And then the third thing, on prayer. Mm. So with, in the, with winds of adversity that are coming, God wants us to focus on His Word and on engaging in prayer. And so, yes, in answer to your question, I feel like we're even, God is almost preparing a place for us through this being sequestered and quarantined to focus more on Him, on His Word, and on engaging in prayer to change situations. We're here as the sons and the daughters of heaven on the earth to bring the kingdom, to spread the kingdom, to declare the kingdom, to change the situations. We're called to see darkness and jump in the middle of it and be light and change it. And so this is what we were born for, are these moments. And I believe God has saved us for this time to not be afraid or in fear, but actually to see it as an opportunity to partner with Him in ways we've yet to, and to pray, to pray, to engage in prayer. And there certainly could be repentance in that. You know, it's interesting when Jesus talks about prayer uh, in in Matthew 6 and Luke, when He shares the the Lord's Prayer, at the end, it says in there, um, as we forgive us, as we forgive. And then He also says, if you aren't forgiving, you won't be for, you won't be yeah. basically heard right. or forgiven yourself. Yes. So there's, I think there's that element of needing to repent of any unforgiveness as well. Yeah. So that our prayers will not be hindered. We want to make sure that we are clean on the clean. inside so we can pray in power. Getting yes. getting cleaner. If if there's, you know, Jesus said, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and the Sermon on the Mount, and there remember that your 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 brother or your sister has something against you, leave it. Shut down the vertical, right. right, and go horizontal and make that right, right, and then come That's back right. and get vertical again. So yes. I really do agree that it's a time to become lean and clean, and there is staying power in being clean. You know, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Yes. So this may be a time, I, I listener, I've you know, you know, if I could just add, I, I, I think it is a time of sifting and sorting from the Lord's mm-hmm. perspective. 
and um, it, it's it's all redemptively minded, so we can move forward, Absolutely. right, in a in a better way, in a more blessed way. What I hear you saying is that we have agency. We have we are kingdom agents. We're not just mm. church attenders or passive Christians or somebody who has said a prayer and then sort of lives a flatlined experience in the Lord until, boom, they go vertical and go to be with the Lord at their death, or the Lord comes and they rise to meet Him. Um, mm. You're saying we need to really occupy, right, until He comes and, yeah. and, and to fulfill our agency in Him. Absolutely. And if we can every day recognize who it is we're speaking to, the King of Heaven, the Creator of all, the Holy Spirit who formed everything with Jesus as they created everything— we get to speak personally with them because we have access as sons and daughters. Really? Our prayers are not small things. No. It is not a boring word. It is not a boring action. There is power in connecting with the king of the universe as his children here, who the, the scripture says creation is waiting for us yes, to yes. rise up, right, to behave to behave as though we are actually sons and Come daughters. On. And I think prayer is a key of that. Creation is waiting, and it's like we've been late, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like true. we've been procrastinating in, in a sense. Uh, creation is waiting and longing. Nature itself, animals—I mean, the earth—we yeah. um, affect what happens on the earth. I'm—I'm uh, I'm amazed in Psalms 107, I think it is, where it talks a lot about crying out to the Lord, and it presents these various scenarios, like economic and, but. One of the things that really comes through there is is that the earth responds to the spiritual condition yes. of those who live on the earth, for good or for bad. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. And you know, uh, Psalm, what is it, one fifteen? I think it says, "The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth right. He has given or assigned." It could be translated to the sons yeah. of men. And but, would would you agree with this, Matt? That when we come to the Lord. And it says, you know, he, he said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I hear the echoes from the Garden of Eden. Adam, where are you? Right? Yeah. And he's, yeah. Not, he's not just coming to seek us, to extract us into mm. the sweet by and by, but to restore us, to, to begin to restore us to our dominion that was lost. Absolutely. No doubt about it. It's coming full circle. It's what we're called to to do and that you know jesus is the restorer god is the redeemer everything is to be redeemed not thrown away and the seeking as you just said with adam and eve was for them for their hearts and it's the same for us now that we would be at one with him and united and abiding in this vine and our prayers jesus said in that john 15 that when we abide in Him, yeah. whatever we ask will be done. Yes, whatever we ask will be done. And that's a that's carte blanche from the the Creator of the universe. That's it's incredible. Almost too much to believe, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like some that's fantasy right. of it. A, uh, it's it's like a this is a horrible illustration, but it's like a fantasy of a genie or something. You rub the the genie right. pops out. What do you want? Well, <laughs> if we right. abide in Him, as you're saying, right. If we're intimately yeah. drawing his life into us, he can trust us with that request. And Absolutely. And our requests will be bathed in his will. Yes. So when we're abiding in him, then our request is not like we, we have to be afraid of what it might come out. 
wow, yeah. when I'm abiding in him, that's I'm right. surrounded by him, and I'm going to pray his type of prayer. That's right. and that's, He'll answer that. And that's <laughs> what we really want, because it will awaken what we're designed for. And it will yes. it will bring up deep seated desires that he's placed in us, that are the the highest life we can live. Wow, yeah, this is that's right. okay. You're helping me here. This is you know I'm kind of podcasting myself into a blessed state here talking about this stuff. <laughs> <It's> wonderful stuff. <laughs> okay, so it, is there any sense, Matt, in which you feel the Lord is overturning tables? This this idea of overturning tables on. I'm just wondering if he's overturning yeah. tables on multiple levels, not just in the church, but throughout life itself. Is is this happening right now, do you think? Yeah, you know, I, it certainly seems that way. It feels as though the Lord is getting our attention in some in some ways, like like you said. And I think there are there are going to be in the midst of this shifts of priorities, shifts of attention where the, the, the greatest things are focused on again. Uh, the word in prayer would be a couple of those, a realignment with um, mm-hmm. our purpose that we've been put here for rather than just the things that we're, you know, other things we're focused on and the things that we're busy doing. It's so a reset, I, I right? It's like a reset. It, is, yeah. it feels like that. And also at the same time, here's what else it feels to me. Going back to Joseph and Genesis, he said, you know, basically, uh, uh, Joseph, that what the enemy meant for evil, God intended it for good. And so I believe that that is God's nature. In everything where the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus was sent to bring abundant life. And Joseph, uh, God made a way for Joseph to save a whole nation and more than one nation in the midst of the evil that was sent against him. And so I feel like in the middle of this thing that's been sent against us from the enemy. It's not a God-created thing. I don't believe this is a judgment from God. But in the midst of it, God can turn the tables, in a sense, of what the enemy is intending to kill millions and millions, and great good can come out of it relationally within our own homes, uh, relationally with us and God. And what if we are all on board praying together, um, united as a body of one faith? That's what the enemy hates more than anything. Uh, for this unity of the brethren and for there to be a oneness with God where we see who we really are. So I think the enemy can uh, really, he can have a lot of damage done to himself. Yes. Yeah. I just felt as you were saying that, you know, the Lord turning tables over, but he also turns the tables against the the enemy if we will process in a way which pleases the Lord, whatever we need to do. If there is necessary repentance or relational reconciliation or making things right, things are being sorted and sifted and set in right order, um, this could be very powerful. Now, there is power in your—you need to have a private prayer closet. Jesus talked about that. Go into the secret place and pray to your Father who is in secret, and He will reward you. We also need to cluster corporately in agreement prayer— Right, and I don't know. I'm I'm just feeling challenged, Matt, to practice and tell people myself. Get on Zoom with people right now and pray with them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, right. From yeah, you, you can do it anytime you want to. Cluster on Zoom or whatever your platform of choice is. Yeah, and, and start praying in real time together in agreement prayer. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, we just started that in our city, actually. We had several pastors who did a, a Zoom, and we opened it up and did, did a live on Facebook where everybody could join in and let, let's pray. And so those kind of things, I agree. It would be wonderful they just happened all over the place. Yeah. So what can we do, Matt, to please the Lord? How can we meet this moment? You know, Paul said, redeem the time because the days are, are evil. I, I, I'm, I'm sure you know in the Greek it means redeem the kairos moment or season or opportune time. It is an opportunity, and yet the days are evil, but there's an opportunity in the evil days. How can we redeem it? It means to purchase it, to proactively go after it. Uh, obviously, prayer I yeah. think is part of redeeming the moment. What what could you say about that? Yeah, I would I would add yes to that. But also in Luke twenty one, when Jesus is speaking about the things that will happen at the end of time, the end of the age, you know, he mentions several things, and I think you could put this pandemic within uh, one of these where he talks about an epidemic happening, and in there it says verse thirteen of Luke twenty one. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. And so I think in in the middle of every type of crisis and every type of difficulty, instead of focusing on the difficulty or what's happening to me or what I'm going through, what if we turn to the Lord and asked, what are you wanting me to do in this moment? And what opportunities are there? Give me eyes to see the opportunity to share to speak, to pray, to focus on prayer, to repent? What What is it that you want me to do, not just um, praying for protection for myself in the midst of this? What What is the opportunity for me right now? Because I believe they're, they are available. Ah, so thinking and praying above the level of toilet paper, that's what I'm hearing there. Exactly. <laughs> okay. What's the opportunity right now? You know, and now, you know, you'll remember in 2001 on 9-11 when the towers came down, and that was really the last time I think our nation has felt this crisis mm, mode for sure. in, a, in a moment that happened so quickly. And it was this scripture right here the Lord brought to my mind instantly. First off, it was God was saying to, to me, this isn't me doing this to your country, and this is an opportunity for your testimony. And what happened is the, the world flooded into the church for— several weeks, or maybe a month or two at the end of that, it was an opportunity to shine in the middle of that crisis. And so I'm feeling, here we are now, we can't gather together, but what we can do is project outwardly and Mm. shine like you're doing right here with this podcast and other things. How can we shine with our neighbors across the fence? How can we shine where we are with peace? What are the opportunities that God is giving us right now, if we'll ask him, he'll show him to us. I think he'll open our eyes and we'll go, oh, I can do that. I can say this. I can pray for this person. I can call this person. I can text that one. I can pray for this person. There are opportunities right now for us. And could that testimony also include the Lord wanting us to start new things, be creative, come out of this with like new edges that you're pursuing? Maybe somebody starts a, a new venture, a new organization, or you know, a vision is birthed for something new. What do you think about that? Absolutely. You know, God is the creator. And so the closer we get to him, the more creative we should become. And he is all, he has all the creative ideas that there are to have. 
And so if we'll ask him even right there, Lord, would you give me a creative idea? Maybe it's something that hasn't been done before. I mean, someone came up with a Zoom idea, right? Yeah. That's working pretty well. It is. What ideas does he have for us right now? Really? In this moment, whether it's a ministry to start or a business to start or a product to invent, whatever it is, he, God's got those things. If we'll ask him, he'll give us those ideas. Yeah. Let me ask you this, and I know this is going to push the envelope with some people, and again, they might have what, what could be called a theological <laughs> cognitive sure. bias against some of these things. But look, what if you were to get before the Lord on a daily basis and pray in the Holy Spirit, your heavenly prayer language, for 15 minutes mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. ju- and just hold yourself there in a state of worship and belief set within the context of this current moment that we're in and just allow downloads from God, I'm going to say it that way, to come into your spirit, praying mysteries, and then ask him whenever he wants to, however he wants to, to give you understanding and illumination about those things so you can like cognitively go after it. What do you think? It's, I just could see that as a, as a powerful mm-hmm. dynamic right now. Because, you know, we don't know how to pray as we should, Paul says in Romans 8 all the time, right? He calls it a weakness, but but the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and helps us. Absolutely. And that is one of the beautiful things of praying in the Spirit, the spiritual language. A lot of times we don't know how to pray, but He knows how to pray through us. And just as you're saying, if we will take that time, and I'm I'm thinking of it right now, for me, I want to do that today, uh, to just pray in the Spirit and let Him pray through us us, um, and it not only builds ourselves up on our most holy faith, yep, so but those, I, those ideas in our mind can get reset and kind of in sync with his speed. I think oftentimes in our country, we're so frenetic. Yeah. There's so many things going on that we're not in speed with the Spirit most of the time. And I think what's mm. happening right now is that we're slowing down. Mm. And boy, we start praying in the Spirit, all of a sudden our Spirit gets in sync with His Spirit. And I think we're going to see things, feel things, hear things from the Lord that are going to be powerful for us personally and for others. Amen. I mean, there's you know an accuracy, right? An acumen that the Spirit can give. And many times we're so frenetically paced in a more natural sense, even as believers, that we're frenetically racing after things that aren't even accurate. You know, True. we're running races that we should not run. It's like our ladder, climbing this ladder real fast. But, you know, I think Stephen Covey said it years ago that our ladder's leaning against the wrong thing, you know, and we think we're progressing. But but to get accurate, to have an acumen, an anointing, an alignment, I've been on these A words recently, uh, as you can see there, Matt, yeah. but, but, you know, yeah. and, you know, I just see as we're talking here, take a piece of paper, my friend, and just list out your top three concerns or interest and just write them on a piece of paper and then look at that and, and just pray in the Holy Spirit and just hold that in like a suspended state of belief and faith and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak into that. And he'll give you more besides stuff that's not on your list, I, I'm i sure we could say. But um, wow, this is so good. Um, Matt, I I, uh, I appreciate it. I would encourage you to go to his uh, Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, Matt Peterson 22. And it's there that you, you leak out some of your writing, don't you, and some of your videos, things you feel the Lord's saying yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing more of it recently on our church sites, but yes, that's when I, I do believe the writing and 
uh, talking about um, current events and things like that on that page. I appreciate you. I thank you for the resonance here on this. And would you mind, can we just, we can take a few moments and pray. And maybe people want to just listen to this prayer, or maybe they want to actually agree with it and engage it. Prayer is timeless. You know, we can agree in mm-hmm. prayer across time, No, you know, yeah. whenever this prayer would be heard, wherever it's heard. And would you just pray about this and just help uh, help shape our belief along these lines. I appreciate that. Sure. So, Father, thank you for Brian. Thank you for everyone listening to this. Thank you that we are yours and that we don't have to strive to become something. You've done it for us and you invited us to be to be yours. And we're in. We're in the house. We're in with the Father. And, and we just look to you, Father, right now in the wonderful name of your Son, Jesus. We come together in this moment right now, and we ask that you would have your will will, done, your ways happen in the midst, in this moment, in this month of April and beyond, that your will would be done, your kingdom would come, and that we would really see ourselves the way that you see us, as your sons, as your daughters, as those with everything, not lacking one thing, but at one with you, and that we are here for purpose. And in, in a perfect moment, in a perfect time right now, you saw this before time began, that we would be alive right now. And you made us, you fashioned us, you, you birthed us brand new mm-hmm. to be alive in this moment and to even pray. And we ask you, Lord, to use us in prayer, mm-hmm. to change things, to move mountains in faith, to uh, release heaven and release the kingdom and to bind up the brokenhearted and to heal those who are wounded and those who are fearful. Lord, I ask for deliverance for people, for our brothers, our sisters who are fearful in these times, that you would set them free entirely from fear and that they would like reawaken to this peace and become titans of peace in this moment mm. and in this time as they give peace away. Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes to see and be awakened to the opportunities that we have in front of us right now, today, tomorrow, the next day. I ask for ideas from heaven to fall into our spirit and into our brain and to uh, bring these things that you want us, you're inviting us to step into, you're inviting us to pray, you're inviting us to do. We ask for those right now. Lord, I ask, in addition to all these things, we do ask for your protection For us as people, we ask for your protection over the nation and the nations. Lord, we ask that you would push these food dogs far away, get Mm -hmm. it off the planet, break their power, Mm -hmm. break the the attack of the enemy, sever it, Lord, abort the attack of the enemy, Mm -hmm. and Lord, stop the bleeding as well. Stop the bleeding in our nation. Stop it for those who may be listening and they're hurting financially. Lord, I ask you to stop that. That's right. This name and release supernatural finances, things that we don't even, don't even make sense. I ask that you would be our provider and known as our provider in ways maybe that we, we, we maybe right. we haven't yeah. known for a while, that you are our provider, that you're the one who feeds the birds who are flying around and, and they're not, they don't have jobs and you feed them. And Lord, you would feed every single person, um, especially our brothers and sisters, we pray. And the Lord, I thank you again for all who you are, and I thank you that we get to 
access you and that we have a relationship with you and that you hear our prayers. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We agree with all of that. Set yourself in agreement with that and, you know, use that as a jumpstart, as a primer to incite your own your own prayer energies, right? I, I sometimes when I, when I start praying, I don't necessarily feel like praying. I'm tired or, you know, my yes. some, my lethargic spirit wants to rebel. <laughs> but yeah, if right. we will just press through, the energy comes. Just get in the word, start speaking the word, start praying and pretty it won't take too long and you'll start getting juiced up and get the energy of the Lord on it and um I appreciate that so much. We have kingdom agency, right, Matt? We have agency. Yeah. And I was I was thinking this morning that, you know, make make us, you know, this is an old school, I don't know, um, uh, Toby Mack, you know, kind of an old older yeah. school artist. But, you know, I love, uh, I, I love Toby. I'm walking, listening to my daughters don't understand it, but I'm, I'm into Toby. Okay. And, you know. He, he he says I'm a conscious man, and I and I and I just began to think, you know, instead of being like, quote unquote, saved and unconscious, or semi-conscious, that we can be raised to a high level of of kingdom consciousness, that we are kingdom agents, and we mm. have you know um, that's right privilege and position in Christ and His name and power of attorney and all of it. Um, all right, man. Well, thanks, Matt. You've uh, you fired me up, man. I've, I'm, I'm going to be fired up for uh, the rest of the afternoon. You've, 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 you're going to help me make it through this day anyway, all right? <laughs> great, great. Well, it's been wonderful being with you. Thank oh, you for having me on. Yeah, so. yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Blessings on you. Well, my kingdom friend, prayers are eternal in nature. They never die, and we can agree with prayers over time. And I hope that that prayer that Matt offered at the end as you agree with that, will just serve as a primer, a jump starter, energize your own prayers privately. And again, I encourage you to start clustering on Zoom or some tool of your choice and start praying with people on the net. We do not have to gather physically. We can't right now, but we can pray on Zoom or some other tool Agree together. This is a moment. Redeem this opportunity, as Paul says in Ephesians 5. We are to redeem the opportunity because the days are evil. These are evil days. Evil things are happening. There's an insidiousness and evil at play, and yet we can redeem this Kairos opportunity, this window, with prayer, with reflective thought, with creative imagination with praying in the Holy Spirit, with venturing and starting new initiatives during this time. Use this time to move forward as it passes. We're coming up on Passover. This thing will pass, but redeem the moment and use this as an opportunity to move forward in a more accurate way, more accurate alignment and acumen, get smarter in Jesus get more anointed in Christ, and this is a reset which will not go back to the way it was, a new kingdom normal. I just invented a phrase right there that I, a new kingdom normal. That's what I'm looking for. Well, I appreciate you listening today. Go to the show notes page for this episode. I haven't even titled the show notes page. Let's call it jesussmart.com slash opportunity. 
jesussmart.com slash opportunity. You'll see there the links to Matt's resourcing, his church, his children's book, his Facebook page. I'll include the video there. I hope I can download it from Facebook. If not, I'll link to it. He has a seven-minute video on his Facebook page about this stream. You can see him and hear him talking about it again, as well as some other resources that will link out on these on these themes uh, to, to other resourcing, okay? JesusSmart.com slash opportunity. Appreciate you listening. Would you please share this with somebody? Pass this episode along. It's worth listening to. It's worth being stirred up about. It's worth thinking in new ways. Share it with somebody on social media, email, just tell them orally. Somehow call their attention to this episode with Matt Peterson. I appreciate you. I tell you, Jesus is smart in this moment. He understands what's happening. He knows how we can redeem the moment if we process with him. He's the most brilliant mind in the history of the universe. The future belongs to him, and so does this moment. We'll talk with you next time.